welcome to the Move Well Radio Podcast, where we discuss all things related to health and wellness. We dispel common myths and misconceptions regarding healthcare, and we do it in a way that you can actually understand. And it's hosted by yours truly, Dr. Roger St. Ange, doctor of physical therapy, founder of Move Athletics Physical Therapy and Performance. All right, guys, welcome back to the Move Well Radio Podcast. Today we have a special guest, Laurent Vitrack. Can I say that right? Yes, sir. Vitrack, uh, personal trainer locally here, uh, great guy. And we're just going to learn a little bit about him and uh, some of the kind of special things that he does. So uh, thanks for joining us today. Oh, thank you very much for having me. This is great. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. So why don't we, why don't we kick it off with uh, just tell us your backstory. Like, how did you get into fitness? Sure. Like, how you got to where you are now? I uh, played basketball in high school. Uh, that's years and years ago now. Uh, to uh, 1999 and the year 2000, which is uh, uh, 20 years plus now. So uh, <laughs> dating myself a little bit. Um, from there, as I got into college, you know, I realized I just wasn't going to be the basketball star I envisioned as a high schooler. Uh, and the little bit of weightlifting that I had taken from high school just really had caught on with me. And I started just kind of replacing the basketball time with time in the weight room. And from there, fitness just become uh, became an absolute addiction for me. And uh, you know, I never really quit lifting after that. And um, group exercise became a big thing for uh, maybe in the last 10 years or so. Um, was bartending mostly throughout my 20s. Uh, started training a couple of my friends. From there, more and more and more. Um, 2012, uh, ACM certified. 2015, ISSA certified. 2016, ISSA nutrition certified. And then group exercise became like my largest part of my job. Um Breakthrough Fitness Plus, uh, Wilbraham Road, way up the hill. Uh, I started over there just teaching small group classes, uh, and then Breakthrough Fitness Plus it became uh, after the name changed. And then on to Next Fitness, where I am now. We started in the old building on Springfield Street uh, with just a group of three or four of us, and then the group just exploded into what it is today. And, you know, at times we're 20 to 30 people in the group, you know, pre-corona were outside and, you know, everything like that inside, obviously with all the regulations, we have to tone it down a little bit, but, uh, you know, right before Corona hits, we have the most incredible groups going and I very much hope to get back to that, uh, sooner rather than later, <laughs> you know? Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, it, you, uh, I mean, as I stutter over my words here, I've been watching it on Instagram for a while mm-hmm. here, uh, and I love what you do, and, and I love that even uh, you know when Corona hit, like you made the effort to go out there. Yes, like, absolutely. Keep people active and make sure that they're safe, like distance and everything. Absolutely. Like, we started um, with the online, uh, so when everything shut down, my group just went to the online class, and we just in our Facebook group we do a Facebook live workout. Everybody at home, small dumbbells, and just the best we can. It wasn't the perfect workouts. Obviously, at-home workouts is a little bit less volume than the workouts in the gym. And we had to, you know, go over some different movement patterns and stuff like that. And we had to get people kind of accustomed to the home workout. So we just did the best we can. As soon as the weather, you know, uh, went from last winter into this spring, uh, we started to get outside um, School Street Park in Agawam, which was great for us. Uh, And from there, the workouts went back to the gym once, you know, everything opened up and... I uh, very much hope to remain there, you know. Uh, <laughs> yeah. yeah, I hope we don't go back to any type of restrictions because, uh, you know, we're building, building, building again. It's tough that, you know, when everything hits, we have to stop the large groups. We have to make everybody check in. Everybody has to wear a mask while they're exercising. And so the group definitely suffered. And I lost some people from the group. Some people were uncomfortable to come to the gym. Some people were uncomfortable about working out in groups in general. And so... As the world gets back to normal, I hope to bring all of those people right back. Yeah, yeah, hopefully. I mean, that's it's been a huge barrier for, no, for a lot yes. of people, right? And, and uh, I'm sure you had a lot of people that were just getting started, that were seeing some good progress, yeah. and now it's like, hey, wh- where'd you go? Like, still trying to check in. It's the January 2020 crowd. We had some some amazing people come in. And every new year, you're going to find you know a group of 10 people that, that come to your class. Three or four are going to stick it out, and those are going to be you know the best people you have all year. Uh, when the 2020 season hit we had the same you know 10 new people uh you know everybody very excited very enthusiastic about starting their fitness journey and 
it seemed that they fit in very well with my group, all the new folks, and everybody was working together well. And then everything happens, and you know, most of those people uh, haven't made it back yet. And I hope to see them soon. Yeah, yeah. It, you know, it's funny about that too is that people are uncomfortable, but mm. uh, a lot of it is. Uh, the media doesn't put out like how safe the gyms actually are. I, I see that too. It's, I, I think that, you know, everything you see on the news is, you know, don't be in groups, don't do this, don't, but exercise is very good for us. Exercise has, you know, a, a, a translation into how your immune system works, getting moving, eating healthy, being an active person. All of these things are helping us. So, you know, when we look at the statistics about, you know, cases in the gyms and we see, Hey, this is maybe the safer place to be, but people don't realize that because the news doesn't report that. The news only reports, hey, cases are going up, deaths are going up, bad, 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 rather than anything positive. Make sure you uh, go out to Applebee's, though, because you can go to restaurants. Yeah, exactly. Go, yeah. <laughs> exactly, yeah. yeah That's yeah. the problem. No, a a absolutely. Cool, man. So, uh, you know, b before we started recording, we were having some good conversations about, uh, well, a lot of things, really. Sure. Um, so w what I like... That you told me earlier is that you don't really test your your one rep max, no. and uh, there's a lot of people that, that have goals maybe that sure. don't uh, match up to their style of training. Absolutely. So let's talk about that a little bit. That was one of the things that I really noticed when um, I started teaching group exercise was that people were coming to my class for uh, for a goal. It was very often appearance based results. It's I want to look like something I saw on Instagram or a magazine or j-lo at the super bowl <laughs> halftime or something like that and yeah very often women uh you know i have my largest largest demographic of women women are just more active in the gym right now for whatever reason i know that you know um this changes quite a bit over the years i remember 10 years ago there's a lot of guys in the gym and, and the weight room was filled with you know monday bench press guys and you know tuesday was back day and this kind of training which is which is just fine dad bod's in right now yeah that's the thing is dad bod became popular and guys kind of said you know maybe didn't give up on their goals but just said hey you know it doesn't matter if we're a little bit more out of shape but women were still really striving for you know better and better shape better and better health and then a better uh, physical appearance and so what i had noticed was that the strategy that people were using wasn't necessarily the best strategy per their goals. And so they got into these group exercise classes and whatnot where the focus was more on to cardio. There wasn't much weightlifting in there. And then folks that were weightlifting were more doing like a power building strategy rather than training per hypertrophy for the growth of muscles. So what I did with people was I, I really started teaching people, you know, hey, this isn't the best strategy per your goals. If you want to be the best you know, power lifter out there, you have to train very heavy all the time. But if you want to build more and more muscle training, your one rep max all the time doesn't necessarily help you with that very much. And we have to start talking more about training a little lighter, six to 15 reps in the hypertrophy range, really feeling the muscles, mind muscle connection, then using some type of progressive overload strategy to really bump up those benefits. And, you know, once people go through 12 weeks of progressive overload, they say, oh, I could see my muscles growing in just a couple months. <laughs> yeah. And, you know, sometimes these people had been doing, you know, one rep max, three rep max for months and months and months without seeing any results for their appearance. Their strength may have gone through the roof, you know, and you see people, you know, hey, my deadlift went up, you know, for, from uh, 225 to 315, from 315 to 405. I didn't build that much muscle. I said, well, we have to put a couple more repetitions in at 225. You know, let's talk eight reps at 225 rather than one rep at 315. And let's see how you respond to that. And then let's kick it to 235 and then 245 and then 255. And then let's take a week off and do it again. Oh, I love and that then, because there's so many people that just miss out on the deload. You have to do. Absolutely. There. Well, it's so important because... We can't progressively overload you forever. It, 225, 35, 45, 55, 65. But every week I'll add 10 pounds. But what happens on the week when you can't lift it anymore? Yeah. We're done. That's it. <laughs> so we have to deload. You have to think smarter. You have to think towards longevity in your training. We don't want to just train for the next three months. We want to train for three years, 10 years, 20 years, 30 years. And if we test our one rep max every second week, we're not training for 20 years. We're going to be injured, you know, probably in a couple of months. So... What I realized that people, uh, what people were doing was more based on 
the highlights of Instagram versus actual training, which is not the highlights of Instagram. So you see, you know, someone on Instagram, they're lifting their one rep max and you say, okay, I could do that. What you don't see is that to get to that one rep max that they've put in months and months and months of a a strategy towards getting there. And people were just training towards what they saw as opposed to putting the time in to get there. And so for myself, I, you know, I test my one rep max very rarely, to be honest with you. Um, I don't even really know my squat one rep max. Sometimes uh, with the ladies in the group, we test heavy deadlifts and stuff like that. So I have an idea about the the basics of the numbers. But um, mostly my training style is geared towards hypertrophy. I train very much uh, eight reps to 12 reps. I find that to be kind of in my sweet spot. Uh, Really challenged, you know, eight to 12. And and I try to find a weight there that really challenges me. And then I overload it over time. And to me, this has been the the greatest training strategy. It works naturally very well for me and very well for my groups. And it helps people towards their goals rather than the goals that maybe the coach before was pushing them to or their group class was pushing them to. I like to have people reach their goals. Yeah, <laughs> I think, uh, yeah, that's very important. Absolutely. Um, I think there's a lot of people that don't even bother to find out what their client's goals mm-hmm. are. Oh, all the time. Right? Like, I, I think sometimes trainers project their goals to their clients. Maybe someone, you know, uh, someone comes in and wants some training and you say, hey, this person could be, you know, the next great bodybuilder, the next great this, great that. And you push them towards that. But what if the person just wants some very generalized health and fitness and, and doesn't want to push that hard? Or what if the person wants to push that hard and you say, hey, it's an older person, generalized health and fitness, and you never really push them that hard? Um, something very early on that helped me was I was working with some older ladies who are in incredible shape. And I didn't hold them back by saying, hey, 60 plus, we can't deadlift, we can't squat, we can't do any type of, uh, of heavy work. So... I didn't hold them back. I just said, well, let's see what we can do. Let's see what we can do safely. Um, and then let's push on that. And the results were incredible. And so that's something that helped me, you know, very early on in my career was not holding people back based on what I saw from them and letting them, you know, kind of fend for themselves, uh, you know, with coaching and with strategy, but letting people experiment with the weights, uh, lift heavy if they're comfortable lifting heavy and, and build. Yeah, that's. I think that that's <laughs> that's amazing because if you don't know what they want to do, then mm-hmm. like, well, how can help them get there? Right? Exactly. Like, and a lot of people they don't know what they want. Sometimes right? people like, aren't sure. Sometimes people come in and they have you know a general idea. Hey, I want to lose a little bit of weight or I want to build a little bit of muscle. And sometimes that's where it starts. But once they've lost a little bit of weight or built a little bit of muscle, the next goal comes into their head. Okay, you know I've made this much progress. What's my next step? What's the next goal? And sometimes that second goal might be, you know, more of an appearance-based result. Sometimes they may want something, you know, uh, hey, I've lost a little bit of weight, but I want to lose a little bit more weight. Let's get ready for the summer, bikini season, beach season, whatever. Or someone comes in, they lose a little bit of weight, and they say, maybe my next step is to really push hard and create an incredible physique. Let's get on stage. Let's try out some type of competition. And I think that's the best, really. Yeah, no, I, I, uh, absolutely. It's like we were talking about earlier mm-hmm. where, uh, you know, whatever type of fitness uh, you really enjoy is what you should be doing, right? Mm-hmm. So figuring that out, uh, we are talking about how a lot of people uh, hop into CrossFit to start, right? Sure, like they absolutely. Get, they start their fitness journey in CrossFit, and there's a lot of really good things about CrossFit, and there's some things that might not be so great, and you can find that with everything. Sure. But, uh, you know, what we were talking about is like, hey, CrossFit is great because it allows people to that would have never like touched a weight, absolutely, or a barbell or a dumbbell to get into fitness, start to figure it out, start mm-hmm. to find mm-hmm. out what they really enjoy, and then like we see a lot of these people progress on to weightlifting yeah. or bodybuilding. Or- this is the best part of CrossFit is that you see the camaraderie of the group. Everybody's lifting together. You know, this is nice. I want to do this. So you come into your class. You're going to touch the weights, barbells, dumbbells. You're going to get a feel for, you know, the basics of exercise. And, and, you know, if you like the CrossFit and you want to do, you know, CrossFit competitions and all that, fantastic. And, you know, this is one of the toughest sports out there. You know, guys who are, uh, you know, advanced CrossFit, guys and ladies who are advanced CrossFit athletes are in incredible shape. And it takes uh, such a level of determination to get to that very high advanced, you know, CrossFit open, the top of, you know, Masters CrossFitters, all that incredible stuff. If your goal, though, is not to necessarily be one of the best CrossFitters in the world, though, the CrossFit class may not push you towards your goals. So 
if you're coming in and getting the experience of weightlifting and then saying, hey, you know, maybe I don't want to just do CrossFit. I want to experiment with some bodybuilding. I want to experiment with some powerlifting, something like that. CrossFit started you on that journey, and that's perfect. And then it's the greatest stepping stone for the next thing. But if also if you come in and then eventually say, hey, I'm, you know, I'm pretty good at CrossFit. I go through, I go through my wads, and you know, I always have one of my best scores. Let me see what I do in the open. Then you never know. You may be you know, the next great CrossFitter. But if it's uh, just used as a stepping stone towards uh, you know, competitive bodybuilding, competitive powerlifting, or just being a better weightlifter, uh, spending time in the gym, being healthier and healthier, I think that's great. And I think that the best part of CrossFit is how many women have come in um, and started lifting weights. You know, uh, yeah. 10 years ago, I remember women, you know, hey, we don't want to touch the weights. We're going to grow all these muscles, bulky and this. And you realize through CrossFit that, you know, we see a lot of women lifting weights. No one's, you know, uh, all of a sudden popping up with, you know, immense vascularity and, you know, huge. <laughs> so it's it's kind of change of perception of women in weightlifting. And I think that's the greatest thing. Yeah. And I think, I mean, back to that, like adding muscles and getting bulky. It's so funny because mm -hmm. like the rumor there is if you're a guy and you have muscles and you do CrossFit, then you're going to sure. lose all your gains. You're going to lose it all with the cardio. <laughs> but well, if you're a girl, you're, you're going to get bulky. You're going to get big, <laughs> big and bulky. Well, so that's the thing with CrossFit. CrossFit uses kind of a different strategy because it's sport. So it's not bodybuilding. It's not powerlifting. It's CrossFit. And so it uses a little bit of powerlifting. There is some bodybuilding techniques, and then it uses an immense amount of cardio. So if you were a bodybuilder or some type of strongman contestant and you went into CrossFit, you may not be as strong afterwards. You know, you, all that cardio may hinder you a little bit, you yep. know, and especially if you're not doing any, you know, some of the, the, the power lifters <laughs> in the gym, you know, those guys, uh, they don't even want to think about cardio. So it may be good for them Anything too. Over five you know. is cardio. Yeah. You know, <laughs> sets over five, right? It may be good for them to just to experience a little bit, uh, something different than, you know, the standard, let's just squat, bench, and dead, you know, uh, three days a week, four days a week, and that's it. So, you know, I'm, I'm all for people experiencing new things in the gym. And, you know, I, I think that if that is what you find that you really enjoy, that's great. Yeah, I, and I agree too. Like, and I've kind of been uh, around the block myself. I sure. CrossFit uh, pretty competitively for uh, like six or seven years. Tough to CrossFit. do. Tough like, to do. Yeah, like I, I competed at the regionals level on a team for like three mm -hmm. years or so. Like, like it's tough. What people don't realize is that when they a lot of people they want to look good, so they, they turn to CrossFit. They don't yeah. realize like how much diet plays into it. Yeah. And then when they look at the the CrossFitters, they think about like the top crossfitters men and Absolutely. women. Absolutely. Like those people they literally live, eat and like their whole life is, everything's cross is around optimizing performance including mm -hmm. diet yeah right? absolutely body fat oh absolutely and stuff so um let's pivot and talk about nutrition a little bit because sure. you're uh I'm Mom, sure my you're, favorite you're, yeah you're like yeah. A, you're like a machine there with the consistency and that's really what it is i saw something <laughs> that you posted a while ago about like abs versus pizza and it made me yeah <laughs> it's <crack up. laughs> well it's you know the thing is is that when you're really into the lifestyle uh whether it's bodybuilding whether it's just getting healthy for the beach season, for the summer, whatever, eventually pizza becomes, it's tasty, you know it's there, but what benefit does it give you? You know, pizza's, you know, melted cheese, some lower quality protein, some lower quality <laughs> carbohydrate, and you say, well, you know, this could be my treat once in a while, but it really doesn't help me per my goals. So, you know, eating something that tastes good is just fine, but there's plenty of things that taste good that we can eat that are going to give us higher quality protein, carbohydrates, better quality fats than the melted cheese, you know, whatever. And so when everything focuses on the higher quality nutrients, you start to look at pizza as lesser and lesser quality towards the nutrients. And for me, everything getting into the highest of quality of nutrients is important because if, you know, 2,000 calories in a day, I'm way above that. But let's say you're a 2,000 calorie a day person. You know, if you take in 600 of those calories from processed food, junk food, et cetera, you're leaving a lot of calories that you could have taken in much higher quality nutrients and, and then had a much greater performance in your day. So the performance that we get is coming from the foods that we eat. Our energy is coming from the food that we eat. And if we are energizing with lower quality nutrients, we are getting a lower quality performance, uh, both in the gym and out of the gym. And my goal is to 
perform at top quality all the time. Yeah, yeah, I think that's fantastic. And uh, the difficulty I think a lot of people have, and mm-hmm. you can uh, tell me if you see something else here, is it just the the changing their habits, their behavior, yeah. right? So it's like this is what I do. Like I have to have this ice cream before mm-hmm. I go to bed. I have mm-hmm. to do this thing, and it's just getting them to to view those things a little bit differently. Then once you start, like once you cut these things out of your diet. You don't realize it's like when you start first start drinking a lot of water, right? Yep, like, exactly. All of a sudden you're super thirsty all the time. Yep. Like, like, hey, I all the time. A you got of the water big one. You got the yeah. big <laughs> joint too. Yeah, same. Dude, well, that's because so sidebar, you guys yeah. can't see this, but this thing is a gallon, but it's broken up into different times. In a so year. you're consistent all day. Yeah, in yep. working with patients, wearing a mask, it's like I don't drink water, but mm-hmm. when I look at the clock, and you know it's where you two o'clock, and I'm like at ten o'clock, I'm like. All right, all right, I gotta chug. Yep, <laughs> I gotta, I gotta exactly. catch up. That's it's a good a, way to do it. Yeah, so that, that's a that, great way to do it. That just keeps me accountable, but it's hard to build a habit, right? It is, and and that's what it is. Well, getting that, people to drink water is the hardest too, because it's the average person is drinking four, six cups of water a day, something like that, and you need to tell them we got to talk more like three quarters of a gallon to a gallon of water at times, and it's six, <laughs> sixteen cups of water. You know, that's a big increase. So. Yeah. You know, if let's say you're drinking four cups of water, juice, coffee, tea, soda, whatever else in your day. And, and I got to say, well, let's eliminate some of that, you know, and start to build in with a little bit more water. There's not too much flavor on water. And you say, well, it's the same thing when we talk about appearance-based results from the gym, hypertrophy versus power training for people who want to build some muscle. When we talk about nutrition for appearance-based results, it's the same thing. So if I'm eating, for instance, wheat products, it's not that wheat products are bad. It's not that wheat products make us uh, high calories, make us fat or anything like that. It's just that wheat products may not digest well for everybody. So for instance, if you don't digest wheat well, and I say, here's some bread, doc, and all of a sudden you get kind of bloated and feeling funny and all that, these are, you know, this is setting your appearance not in the right direction. So very often we say, you know, uh, some type of food allergy uh, test and, you know, wheat becomes a big thing for people. And you say, oh, you're just not, it's not uh, about the gluten. It's just about the protein and the wheat. And you say, you don't digest it well. Okay. So we're going to eliminate some of the wheat and, you know, wheat is everywhere. Pasta, bread, cookies, crackers, whatever else is out there, pizza crust. <laughs> um, so we're going to, we're going to eliminate some of this from the day. So and we're going to give you some, you know, more complex carbs to fill it in oatmeal, sweet potatoes, potatoes, rice, whatever. Um, But from there, this is an appearance-based result. So you may not lose a lot of weight by skipping over the wheat. You know, it may not set your scale down or set your body fat in the right direction. But taking away the ingredient that you don't digest well all of a sudden makes you look a little smaller on the midsection. And you feel better. That's 100%. That's an appearance-based result. Uh, Very similar to uh, lifting for hypertrophy in the gym versus lifting for strength or or for, you know, whatever type of – to be a better CrossFit or whatever. So when you are eating for the same purpose, the meals become a little bit different. You focus more good quality protein, vegetables, good quality carbohydrates, a little bit of good quality fats to fill in your calories for the day. And then it's, you know, three, four nice meals a day, healthier meals. And from there, you know, people develop a healthier and healthier diet, but it takes time to get people there for sure. Yeah, I mean, it makes sense why you're ripped uh, year round, right? <laughs> yeah, that's that, well, that's the goal. A lot of bodybuilders have this idea that they have to add 40 pounds in the off-season to build muscle. Add 10 to 15. I put a little bit of weight on when I'm not on stage just because that diet, you know, my stage diet versus my diet in the off-season, it's not maintainable. You don't get fat, though. No, no well, I try. Yeah, I try. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> I try not. Yes, absolutely. <laughs> I, I, I don't want to go around you know, 40 pounds, then I don't want to go up 40, down 40, up 30, down 30. That's terrible for you too. I mean, you could imagine that, you know, the way your heart responds to that, just, you know, upping your weight, lowering your weight, upping your weight, lowering your weight year after year after year. So with people, what I try to do is to try to keep it at more moderate range. And then when the diet process comes, it's not, man, we need 40 weeks to lose 30 pounds. That's okay. We need 15 weeks to lose 10. That's not too bad. Yeah. That's not too strenuous of a diet, but if I have to diet you for the majority of the year to get you on stage, you're going to suffer. There's going to be immense muscle loss on the way down. You know, let's say uh, you had 30 pounds to go on your diet and we're going to do it in 35 weeks, pound a week for 30 weeks. You know, you're going to lose some muscle in that time. Uh, 
because of the duration of the diet, you're not going to be feeling very good for, you know, 20 weeks of your year, which is, you know, that's a lot of time to take, to take from you. So I'd rather people build up a little bit, 10 pounds, maybe 15 pounds for larger people and then not have it to diet them down as hard as well. Yeah. Uh, something I wanted to say earlier that I totally forgot about was when we were originally talking about pizza. Mm-hmm. So like once you start to develop these different habits, behaviors, like these other foods and things, they become less desirable. That's why I started oh, absolutely. the water. Oh. Like I started drinking water and now like super thirsty all the time. Yep. If you don't have the pizza, the ice cream, the cookies. You don't want it you as don't much. Want it. Absolutely. And then when you do eat it, you're like, ah, oh, that wasn't as good as yeah, I Ice cream is the same concept, dairy products. Yeah. So ice cream is a combination of dairy and sugar. And, you know, this is kind of what we're trying to avoid in general is we don't want lower quality nutrients. And dairy could be very high quality nutrients if you digest it well. The protein coming from milk, coming from Greek yogurt, whatever, is perfect. Uh, uh, bioavailable, high amino acid, beautiful protein. Um, the ice cream, though, is really not the good part of the milk. So <laughs> so you, you kind of isolate like a cheese almost. You isolate, you know, the, the portion of the milk you don't want, which is not the protein. And then you add in a ton of sugar and, you know, brownie pieces and, and whatever else, little uh, chocolate sauce on top. And you realize it's just sugar, sugar and milk fat. And, you know, this is kind of uh, lower quality fat with a lower quality carbohydrate. And when we talk about higher quality nutrients, that's what we want to avoid, you know. And when you don't eat ice cream, you kind of enjoy not eating ice cream because you like the results from it. And you know that, you know, you could eat ice cream now and then, no problem. You know, once a year, not once a year, once a month, whatever. It's not going to affect you uh, as long as you digest, you know, the dairy products. Okay. Um, but you couldn't get into it three, four times a week. It would be, you know, very tough to eat 500 calories of ice cream and also maintain, you know, good quality amounts of protein throughout your day, good quality carbohydrates through your day. If, you know, 500 calories out of your uh, quota is coming from, sugar and milk fat yeah absolutely i gotta be honest sometimes uh i use ice cream at the end of the day if i'm like behind on macros if you're behind <laughs> but so i don't even use like the uh, well my favorite thing to do is to take a low calorie treat and turn it into a high calorie okay, treat sure so i'll take like the nick's like swedish ice cream it's like yeah. 240 calories mean. for a yeah. pint i'll add like some peanut butter and stuff put a little so, like, peanut butter yeah, on there for yeah. some better quality fats that's an okay idea. And I mean, if you, so at the end of your day, let's say that you're in a heavy diet process though, you know, and we're talking just 2000 calories a day, 1900 calories a day, pretty low. Yeah. Uh, you probably don't say, have that. As, say that again. Pretty low. People don't understand oh, yes. that. Oh, for a guy your size, yeah. that's too yeah. low. Pretty yeah, low. No, yeah. no, not for active people. For if you were sitting on the couch all day, well, okay, so what? But, you know, for yourself, you got to get through your work day. You got to get through your lifting. You got to get through everything else you have to do. 1,900 calories is nothing. Yeah. Like that, it's done. So, uh, yeah. one, you're going to be very hungry, uh, you know, because there's not a lot of volume in the food there. Um, but at the end of the day, you're not going to have those uh, extra calories left over for the ice cream. So, for yourself, you know, uh, generalized purpose, building strength, feeling good in the gym, energizing your work day. You know, maybe it's 2,800 calories for your Rajan, 2,750, something like that. At the end of your day, you got 300 left. Enjoy them. Enjoy them. But if you were in a very heavy diet process, let's say you had, you know, 15 pounds to lose over the next 15 weeks, and you're at 2,000 calories a day, now we're going to take you down, you know, 400 below your maintenance level, 300 below your maintenance level, and we're going to leave you there for a while. You probably don't have that left over at the end of the day. Also, we're going to up your protein a little bit just to minimize any type of muscle loss, you know, through the diet process. You could expect to lose a little bit of muscle, but we're going to up your protein, make sure we get you in a good progressive lifting strategy so that um, your muscles aren't evaporating along with the body fat. We just want the body fat to go, not the <laughs> muscles, of course. Um, but you're not going to have that at the end of your day to, you know, add in uh, uh, ice cream with a little bit of peanut butter or something like that. So, you know, in the diet process, that goes away. Yeah, absolutely. Eating just for a maintenance or to gain muscle at the end of your day, you may have something left over. And then, you know, uh, however you like to enjoy that is. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. And that's that's the thing, too, is like things like peanut butter. Mm-hmm. And people, if, you, if they're not like carefully tracking, oh, people it's overeat. Tough. It's tough. It's like you take a spoonful of it's peanut a treat. butter. Peanut it butter, really can, yes. And so if you are, you know, my thing is a rice cakes, peanut butter, and banana. Oh, I love it. 
if you aren't very careful with the amount of peanut butter you're <laughs> using, you know, your uh, 200 calorie uh, peanut butter serving can very easily be doubled. And, you know, or you more. could, yeah, oh, yeah. absolutely. And Especially then, like you know, you start a spoonful out of the jar. <laughs> yeah. yeah. That's what we were talking about that with the ladies at the gym last week. You know, she says, you know, we put, she puts peanut butter on everything. It's delicious. So, one of the problems being you probably have to weigh out your peanut butter or use, you know, a very, very careful, you know, tablespoon to measure it. Yeah. You're not, you know, you have to be careful with that because uh, naturally fat having more calories uh, per gram versus carbohydrates or protein uh, and peanut butter being a very dense fat source. You have to be very cautious with the calories there because that's <laughs> a very simple way to, you know, up your calories on the day so much that, you know, you're not in a deficit anymore. Yeah, absolutely. And, and people don't even, you, you don't even realize like it's so no, easy. It's to so do simple. That. It really so is. Like, same with like an olive oil, something like oh, that. Yeah, it's, oils. it's, so calorie dense that, you know, the, the tablespoon of olive oil, you know, if you're not really, if you're just, you know, dumping it out of the bottle, like we all do it very normal, you know, you get your garlic in the pan, you have a little olive oil on top of it, you're making your flavors. Um, if you're not very careful with the amount you use, you could use a lot more olive oil than you realize. And this could raise your calories in the day considerably. Yeah. And that could be the difference between you being in a deficit and you being, you know, well over your maintenance level. So when I first started eating mm-hmm. uh, and really tracking yeah, not when I first started eating. When I started eating for uh, any kind of like physique manipulation, mm-hmm. right? Because when I was crossfitting heavily, I never really worried or thought about that. It was like, yeah. well, it was okay because I exercised a lot, so I ate like shit, yeah. uh, which didn't help. Yeah, with, yeah, didn't no. help with the physique. Didn't really help my performance either. But I was like, I didn't get fat. I didn't get super ripped. So when I started tracking things, I was like, oh wow, like this is so easy. Like look at me, yeah. I'm, I'm so ripped now. But then when I uh, decided to gain a lot of weight, I was like, let's see how much weight I can gain. I actually because I'm bad with eating enough throughout the day so i always have extra macros sure that's something i'm working on i like it's, i write it down that uh, goal daily like eat plan, your, plan eat it your out. lunch like yeah i just come bring it in here like forget about it and get busy same with me is I, I get busy during the day and you know i'm not thinking about hey it's two o'clock i gotta have that second lunch so it's planned and it's prepped and i know that you know when two o'clock comes and i gotta have that you know lunch and a half that it's there for me i take my meal prep out and it's there so yeah. Super, super helpful. Plan it out. Excuse me. Plan it out. Prep it out. Um, get it done ahead of time, and then you're not searching for pizza on the midday. <laughs> you know, but that, guys yeah. do that. Yeah, it, that's know, so important. Like planning and prepping. Like if oh, you, it's so important. If you uh, fail to prepare, right? Prepare to fail. Exactly right. You're, yeah. Plan. plan you f- fail to plan. Fail to plan. You're planning to fail. Something yeah. There like, you go. Something like that. <laughs> but it's so true. Yeah. Uh, because that's when I have the most success. When I actually take the time. Uh, on a Sunday or whatever, Monday if I need to, like it's inconvenient sure. to like actually cook out for the week and like put things in Tupperware. It's mm-hmm. just so easy though because now in the morning I just go pull out of the it's fridge. It's so and, easy. And go. It, something else to think so about. It's, it's time saving in the long run because if cooking uh, cooking a much larger meal right now takes about the same time as cooking one smaller meal. So I can make lunch on Sunday or I can make lunch for the entire week on Sunday. It's going to take me a little bit more time on Sunday but it's going to save me time Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday. Yeah. So that's really the strategy is you're spending a little bit more time on one day to save yourself time throughout the week. And, you know, I think that, you know, I'd rather spend, you know, a little bit more time on Sunday than a lot more time throughout the week prepping every single day's food. So I'd rather do it, you know, uh, for me, it's Sunday and Wednesday. Those are my prep days. But whatever works for people, I don't mind if they're prepping Monday and Thursday, whatever. I'm like the worst. I will eat food when it's been in the fridge for so long. Yeah, I've been there, right? You know what I mean? It's. I'm like, I cooked this last. Give it the what's, smell what's test. Today, Tuesday, go. yeah, like, yeah. I, like I cooked this last Sunday. Like, smells alright. Smells alright. We'll it. do like, it. <laughs> what? Like, I don't better. mean this past Sunday. I mean the one before. Oh, yeah. What? Yeah. <laughs> Be careful. I mean, always Listen. careful with, with food safety naturally, but you, you uh-huh. just think about how much time it saves you during the week because yeah. on a Monday you're in the office or in the gym, you know where do you have time to cook, you know, your meals for the day? So I'd rather do it the day before. I'd rather prep all my meals for the week on a Sunday than have to think about doing it Monday morning before work or Monday on my lunch break or something like that. Yeah, that doesn't work. dinner now, too. Yeah, right, absolutely. Right? It's like oh, yeah. Everything is prepped. Like, it's a routine. And that's what we were talking about earlier, too. It's like, oh, hey, yo, I eat the yeah. same thing every day mm-hmm. uh, for breakfast. And that's what I do. Yeah. That's like that's what sets me up for success. I what's, will literally eat What's your breakfast like, Roger? Uh, so my breakfast – Recently, it's not been that great, but it's a it's a shake just for convenience in the morning. Right, sure. I have uh, I got a banana, I've got half a cup of blueberries. I put a, uh, one serving of peanut butter in there. I take a Perfect. handful of uh, spinach thawed yep. in there uh, with some oat milk, some okay. ice cubes, sure. and just blend it up with some whey protein. Okay, and then uh, yeah, that, that's so it's <laughs> carbs from the fruit, 
good quality carbs too, uh, good fiber from the fruit, good fiber from the veg, good quality fat from the peanut butter, and, and uh, high bioavailable available protein from the whey, you're good to go. Yeah. That's a fine meal. People don't understand that that's a fine way to do it if you're on the run. I mean, this takes you how long to prepare in the Nutribullet? Yeah, like a couple minutes. Like you see what I mean? Yeah. This is, yeah. And that's why. That, that's so, breakfast. And that's my a couple thought. minutes like that. It's like, hey, you know, it's easy, it's quick, it hits everything that I want, uh, and it's all, like, high-quality stuff. Exactly right. You know, and uh, as I'm starting to diet down a little bit, right, it's, it's not – like, I really like to sit down and eat, like, a couple pieces of bacon every day with sure. snacks, but it's a lot of fat. It is. You know, so Absolutely. that's just like the that. calories it, are higher and it higher. Cuts, it cuts it out, and it's delicious. Right. Yeah, no, that tasty, right? <laughs> so, yeah, yeah. So, Let's so get a little bit of vegetable in there. That's it. So what, uh, what, what tips would you give to somebody who's not like us, who's like, you know what, I can't eat the same thing every day? Okay, so if you're uh, – I do run into that quite a bit. People don't want to be in that in that routine. So at that point, you're probably thinking about cooking a couple different protein sources for yourself. It starts with the protein. Let's, you know, let's think about that first. So if you don't want to eat chicken breast all the time, I understand it gets very dry and boring and you may not want to be eating – you know, chicken and rice like the guys at the gym do all the time. I get it. I don't like to eat like that all the time either. So, you know, you're probably making a couple sources of protein and a couple sources of carbohydrate. You want to keep them healthy, naturally leaner protein. So it's, you know, lean steak, lean turkey, lean chicken, um, good quality carbs, uh, sweet potatoes, potatoes, brown rice, quinoa. Um, and you may, you could prep all of that at once. So if I'm making carbohydrates, I might make uh, some type of long grain rice and quinoa for the week like that. And then, you know, Monday I have my rice, Tuesday I have my quinoa, Wednesday I have my rice, Thursday I have my quinoa to mix it up a little bit. Because I understand people get discouraged and bored when they, you know, open their Tupperware and it's uh, chicken and rice again, chicken and rice again, you know, chicken, rice and veg. That's such a simple <laughs> solution to that problem. But it's, I mean, if you... For instance, if I put two pans on the stove, one with rice and one with quinoa, I have carbs done for the week, but they cook at the same time, so I'm not spending any yeah. extra time making them. So all I have to do then is just store. You know, I could store in like a larger Tupperware container, and every morning I say, okay, well, do I want rice? Do I want quinoa? Do I want a sweet potato? I could have sweet potatoes in the oven at the same time, something like that. Okay, well, you know, what am I in the mood for today? I have, you know, two types of protein. I have three types of carbohydrates at the ready for me all the time. And, okay, well, I feel like a sweet potato. We're going to have sweet potato today. And then you have a little, you know, some options for yourself. Yeah, yeah, that's that's awesome. Uh, I, I've, <laughs> I've heard that excuse or reason as to why people don't prep so many times. And I think people make excuses just because they're scared of change. So you may not want to do the prep work. You may not want to get into a very intense diet because you know that's, oh, God, you know, dieting's not the happiest portion of your life, whatever. And you say, oh, God, I got a diet, you know. Everything's negative yeah. associated with it. But you don't understand when you diet, you're feeling good, you're looking good. And so there's some positive there, but people don't see that. They hear the word diet, they associate it with everything negative. I'm going to be hungry, I'm going to be grumpy all the time, and I'm yep. not going to eat the foods I like. That and comes back down to exactly what we were talking about earlier, the food choices, right? Yes. If you choose high-nutrient-dense, low-calorie-dense low yeah. foods, like – if you want to fill up your uh, your carbohydrates with broccoli, like you're going to be eating exactly right. A yeah, lot. you're eating so much food. <laughs> Sometimes when we put people on a more natural diet, we get them away from you know packaged, processed you know junk foods, and they realize, hey, 2,500 calories and you know clean nutrients is a ton of food, and we may be eating more than when we were eating you know, uh, uh, sausage links and, you know, crap for breakfast and, you know, uh, McDonald's for have. lunch or whatever. I think it's great. And so, and then vegetables. So, you know, vegetables, there's so few calories, tons of fiber, tons of micronutrients. And when you fill in the blanks with veggies, you know, this fills people up much better than French fries at Burger King or whatever. So once, you know, you introduce them better quality vegetables, more vegetables with their meals, and then, okay, now we're not so hungry anymore. Dieting's not so bad then, you know, but I think that people, their reluctance to diet is based off, you know, that everything negative is associated with dieting from Yo -yo hunger dieting. and grumpiness. And, you know, I'm going to gain the weight right back. And I've done it 10 times before. People do it wrong. Yeah, absolutely. They crash dieting. Yeah. Well, let's starve down. And nobody's talking like the way that you're talking right now. Like I just try to put people 300 calories below their maintenance and just leave them there for a month. See what happens. Let's just leave you at 300 calories below. You're not going to be very hungry. It's not like I'm starving you down, you know, with just a slight uh, deficit in the calories. So we're not like, 
you know, you're not very hungry at the end of the day. There may be a little bit of hunger associated with it at times. And I think people, you know, you know, you're a guy, Rod. You probably go around with a some type of injury, something, and you know, you walk around on it for weeks and be like, eh, hurts a little bit. The second the <laughs> hunger is like just the small, oh, I'm starving to death. You know, it's human yeah. instinct. It's human instinct in a way. The second the hunger hits you, you you feel it, you notice it, and you you know, uh, but you know, something could could you know be out of whack, headache, toothache, whatever, and no problem. But a little bit of hunger. You know, and this becomes a real issue for people. So I often warn people that, hey, there may be times when you're a little bit hungry and we're going to push past that. But I don't ever want to starve people down. Yeah. That's something that we strive not to. Uh, There's a lot of people that are just uh, they're boredom eaters or stress eaters. Absolutely. Or things like oh, this. absolutely. They don't understand. Like, hey, if you're in your car and you're not hungry and you walk in your front door and all of a sudden you're starving, you're probably not hungry. This it's is, probably like this is some type related. of boredom like, stress yeah. or, or or it's like an association. You this know when you get home that every day you get home, you have oh, the foods that we're on right now because maybe you don't eat at work and you've been, you know, eight hours in your day without any food. And, and you know, this is the first mistake is skipping food all day. And then you come home and you say, it's on now. Like Let's go. Yeah, like, exactly. I go to Costco. I spent 200 bucks. I'm like, what did I even get? What did anything? I get? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah, so – uh, so let's pivot. We've been talking nutrition for a little yeah. while, which is great. Totally I on accident, it. but uh, it's, it's, okay, yeah. it's just so important, and mm-hmm. people don't uh, realize that, uh, especially because like your whole goal is physique, right? Like yeah. looking good. So uh, if you guys listening haven't noticed, like he's pretty much <laughs> uh, dedicated his life to just making sure every action uh, builds towards his goals. Right? Exactly so, like, right. Yes. Sleep, recovery, water, mm-hmm. food. Like it's all the end goal. So how do you stress management? Stress please. management. Big yeah. one. Big one. So, so how do you hold your how do you hold your clients accountable, right? So, like, if they come in and they're like, oh, I've been I've been messing up." A lot of people just like let people off the hook. Like, oh, it's okay. We'll do better next time." Like, no, that absolutely not. So, that's something that I noticed too very early uh, as I was training people was that other trainers, client has a bad day. Man, no problem. We'll, we'll get them next time. You know, uh, uh, no problem. So, I need to make sure people aren't having these bad days. So, before your day is bad, we're going to discuss some of the things that are making your days bad. What creates these problems for you? And we're going to try to eliminate that because I, you know, it happens all the time. Someone comes in and they've really, you know, messed up the diet plan while, you know, they've gone to a party at night, and lots of alcohol, something like that. And I, okay, so how are we going to avoid this? We're not late at night parties. If we're drinking, we're drinking in moderation. We're going to be, you know, very cautious, um, especially with ladies who are getting on stage. Uh, this is my biggest thing because, you know, three, four, five mistakes we're not going to stage this year. You know, we may not hit the goals if you're pushing back against them in, in, in you know, some of those manners. So um, if someone comes in and it's an all the time thing, we're going to address the issue that's creating this because I can't have people, you know, way outside their goals. Um, if someone's just making, you know, very small mistakes, we're just going to, you know, correct this. Hey, that's an absolute no, no. We're not going to, you know, uh, go out to the bar after this and you know every t- you know two weeks I, I notice on your my fitness pal there's you know this that and that what's going on here and so i think sometimes people are you know nervous to have these type of real life conversations with people you know hey i you know i noticed on your my fitness pal there's you know 10 beers in, in a night what's going on with that and so sometimes you have to have these real life conversations with people about what they're doing in their personal life and you know sometimes it can be it can be tough for sure yeah, yeah, so that's like the accountability piece, right? Absolutely. So like, <clears throat> you have to be. Yeah. If you want it, you have to be accountable to yourself. In the end, I, I can hold your hand through it, but if you don't want it as bad as I want it for you, you're not going to get there. Yeah, yeah. So, I mean, you, it sounds like you meet people, right? They come in, you help them, or you find out what their goals are. Mm. They help mm-hmm. them explore and find out what their goals yes. are if they don't know. Give them a plan, really, to get there, and then uh, – you hold them accountable, which Absolutely. is which is fantastic because people are going to make mistakes and they need that help, yes. right? So, uh, I think that's huge. That you, it's just, I think you're right. People are afraid of any kind of confrontation. They mm-hmm. don't want mm-hmm. to upset people, but it's not helpful. Exactly. Right? Like, well, it, you know, in this type of business, you you have to be honest with people. It's the same with you, Raja. You know, yeah. a, a, yeah. a guy comes in his his squat movement pattern is is messed up and you have to say hey listen you know there's some issues with this and you may not be able to barbell back squat for a while we may have to do some alternative exercises to get you back to where you were 
Yeah. But if you're honest, he could be very badly injured if he continues with that same, you know, whatever, you know, movement pattern is hurting him. So same thing. If someone comes in and, you know, you got to be honest with them. Hey, listen, these are your goals and this holds you back from them. So if that's your goals, we need to eliminate some of these behaviors or reduce some of these behaviors. Absolutely. Otherwise, your goals may not be a reality for you. Absolutely. And I, we have those very honest conversations with people mm-hmm. all the time. It's tough to do. It's tough to do. Like uh, Amy was treating somebody last night, and I was just kind of hanging out here doing some work, and I got involved in the conversation because uh, like, she wants to keep doing certain activities that are keeping her in pain. Right? So at that oh, point, yeah. like, we're very honest. Like, hey, listen, I know that I'm giving you perfect world advice. We don't mm-hmm. live in a perfect world. It's up to you to take this yeah. advice and apply it to your life as best as you possibly can. And yeah, that means that what's in your best interest, like if you say you want to be out of pain, mm-hmm. this activity for right now is keeping you in pain. Yeah. So do you want to keep doing this activity and stay in pain and maybe stretch your recovery out like a long time? A possibly very long time. We see people that do things that have kept them in pain for upwards of 10, 15, 20 years, literally. Or you can take two weeks off of this activity. We'll help you do something else to get the same kind of stimulus. And then we'll work work back to it. And people can be very resistant, but you have to tell them like, all right, listen, I, I, I can hold your hand through this. I can tell you everything, but in the end, it's your choice. So you can do this activity and have pain or you can choose to avoid that activity for now mm-hmm. and not have pain. So do you want to do the activity or do you see, want to get out of pain? I see that so much with uh, guys that are running all the time. Some, <laughs> something hurts. And you say, hey, you maybe got to take a couple weeks off the local 5K circuit, 10K circuit, you know, whatever, you know, running you're doing. Let's hit the bike a little bit. Let's do something different in that time so you can continue to move. And they go, oh, no, we can't, you know, my, you know, I, I've worked up to a 19-minute 5K, and if I take two weeks off, I'll never get back there. You'll get back there just fine, pain-free, even better. If you didn't have this pain, yes. how much faster could exactly. you be going? Yes. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Um, so, so totally, totally understand it. Yeah. Um, so we've been going on uh, for a while here, and we could, <laughs> we could keep yeah, talking for, for, for a long time. So um, a couple things that I did want to point out was one, if you guys are listening, you've never tried like real hypertrophy training, mm. volume based, like bodybuilding type, this shit sucks. Terrible. Like it is, it is very uncomfortable. Yes. So I've been through it all. I've done things like going from CrossFit to like volume works, like it burns, it sucks, mm-hmm. especially when you're yeah. specifically really like, all right, I'm doing bicep curls and I'm actually focusing on, yeah, and I'm focusing on flexing my bicep. The bicep. Yeah, yeah, like what well, sucks. So if you haven't tried it, yeah. uh, definitely go give it a shot. Um, I had something else. I totally forgot what it was, but whatever. So let's uh, <clears throat> let's wrap up. And uh, I was going to ask a question, but again, I forgot what it was. Whatever. So, okay. uh, how often do you test your one rep maxes? I know you said you don't very often, and I, I just want to know because only this is time... very important because people get so yeah. worked up on like in truth, lift, bro. I know a lot of guys. So I know a lot of guys much smaller than me with a one rep max much higher than me much higher guys that's goals yeah these are strength guys you know uh so you want to be you know strength guys want to be as small as possible to compete in the smallest weight class and as strong as possible so that they can win so let's say you are a 160 pound lifter and you are squatting 500 pounds and deadlifting 550 and benching 315 you got me by a lot <laughs> a lot um i n- very rarely test one rep max sometimes if i'm with the guys and everybody's you know hitting a little testosterone time and you know pounding the chest and uh okay we'll do a little you know heavier work and just test into how and you know i could dead in the fours and i squat in the threes and i bench in the twos but I don't know exactly. That's good. I rarely test it. I work so much towards, uh, you know, eight to 12 reps. For me, that's really the sweet spot. Uh, some guys are more, you know, six to eight, six to nine reps. But for me, it's eight to 12, nine to 12 reps, I find really helps my muscles grow and then shape uh, really nicely. So this is something I found that's just, it, it works very well for, for me personally. And it's nine to 12 reps? Nine to 12. With reps. good form. Yeah, like everything. everything slow, it has to be a slow negative. It has to be, you know, yeah, uh, everything, you know, full range of motion. Oh, absolutely. Yeah. But that's what helps the muscles absolutely. grow. Absolutely. That's yep. really what helps the muscles grow 
controlling your negative, getting the most out of those nine to 12 reps. It has to, it can't just be nine reps with the, the just the open barbell, you know, and, and not feeling any stimulus it's on the muscles. You have to notice the challenge and you're going to notice it after three reps, four reps. Yeah. And then you're going to grind out another six to eight. There's a lot of people that miss that, uh, eccentric contraction control. this is very important for yeah. the growth of the muscles yeah you yeah know, this yeah. is absolutely so that's something that's lost it's been lost in, in the in the gym and in fitness you see guys uh cranking out reps it's as many reps as you can get in uh, a time period or we're going to do a set of three or higher sets of 20 reps at a time and it's just how fast we can do them rather than how we can control the weight with form, you know, or like deadlifts, and lifts feeling, and you know, mind muscle connection. The same, yeah. deadlifts is just you know one rep. And yeah. How heavy we can do it, lift, and, and then let the gravity take yeah. it down. And uh, that's actually something that we employ in here a lot uh, with the tempo work, mm -hmm. right? Because one, if you can't lift heavy, dude, just go tempo. Exactly, it's, it's going to suck. Oh, it's challenging. A lot. Yeah, it's but then it, it also when really... you get power lifters, stronger guys. And you make them start to just think about their negative. I don't want to do this anymore. This is terrible. <laughs> yeah. And it, I think it's really good uh, just for positional awareness Absolutely. as well. Absolutely. Right? So not only is it good to build more muscle mass, but it's really good to just make sure that your form is mm -hmm. on point. If you're dropping down to the bottom of the squat fast, you have, you're just kind of going where gravity is yeah. going to put you. And if you don't have millions of repetitions controlling that well, like, well, it's probably not going to put you in the best position. Of course. So uh, – if anybody wants to get in contact with you, uh, how do they get a hold of you? Um, well, you could first you could email me. Uh, my email address is Lawrence L A U R E N T Fit F I T at yahoo.com. Um, always you could stop over and see me at Next. Um, I have a small personal training studio in Agawam that I work at as well, the Pilates Studio. You could come visit me over there. I'm there every morning. Um, and other than that, uh, find me on Facebook, Instagram, uh, Lawrence L A U R E N T V Track V is in Victor I T R A C. Cool. Uh, one last question. Sure. Uh, what's your favorite book? Oh, a tough question. Um, hmm. I do have a favorite book, too. Um, my favorite book, Raj. That is a great question. <laughs> I'll tell you what. Whenever I ask a question like that, I have this big blank I have in my a mind. favorite uh, my favorite uh, – Patricia Cornwell is my favorite author. She does a, a murder mystery yeah, series. Yeah, yeah, uh, yeah. I, I, I've read all the, all of them. I don't really have a favorite uh, out of them, but she's by far my favorite author. Uh, that's not – that's great. The Scarpetta series is fantastic. Cool. All right. So that's it. Thanks for coming on. Rod, and, absolute uh, pleasure, my guy. Thank I'm sure you we're very much. Yeah, I'm sure we'll oh, have you anytime. back. Anytime. This is great. <laughs> <laughs> Hey, real quick, before you go, I just want to say thanks for listening. And if you enjoyed this episode and you'd like to help support the podcast, please share it with others by taking a screenshot of this episode and posting it to your story on Instagram and tagging at MoveAthleticsPT so we can repost it. And to stay up on all the latest from me, make sure that you follow at MoveAthleticsPT on Instagram and Facebook and then subscribe to the Move Athletics newsletter at www.MoveAthleticsPT.com. Dot com. All right, guys. Catch you next episode.